Guys, what's up? Welcome to the Paradox Hotel, downtown Vancouver, the new home of my podcast. Oh. And here we are with Jared Vaughn. What's up, buddy? Oh, so good to see you. Okay. We're adding applause now to the show. Um, there we go. It, it would be nice if that was canned and a little more lively. <laughs> I'm going to get some of that for you. It's good old 80s canned laughter. Okay, so Jared, as you know, is my guy when it comes to uh, crypto. You teach crypto um, at what, kind of on the streets? Can we just back up? I'm your guy when it comes to... What? You're my woman? I don't know. I just feel like it's a bit flippant. I'm not sure that I've ever... I'm not sure that we've ever, you've ever asked permission for me to be your guy. Okay, well, listen. I thought that was a, that was a personal endorsement. But if you're not happy with that, I just met Jarrett in the lobby. Claims he knows something about crypto. No, you know, we all have a guy who sort of introduced crypto to us and showed us how to do it. And you're the guy for me yes. that was like, okay, here's how to do crypto. And then I went down that wild that wild rabbit hole. And officially on the record, I, I will accept the uh, position of being your guy. Well, thank you. I teach crypto but, I teach crypto at UBC, University of British Columbia, and at the web3prof.com. Everyone's hearing about how the crypto, is, the crypto has crashed. <laughs> Crypto's crashed. And a lot of uh, what's happening now is centered around this FTX exchange. Yeah. So if you're in crypto, you know this. But if you're if you're not in crypto, but if you'll kind of want to feel like you know what's going on, you know, holiday parties are coming up. You yeah. don't want to feel like an idiot when people are chatting about this. Oh yeah. I, I thought it'd be nice to have you kind of explain it like a like a dummy's guide mm. to like what just happened with FTX. What even is FTX? Yeah. Like really dumb it down for us. So okay, that's good. So FTX is an exchange. Um, an exchange is a marketplace. It's a place where you can buy and sell crypto. Kind of like Facebook Marketplace is a place where you can buy and sell. Your junk. Okay. And so you go on to FTX, you take your dollars, you put them on there, and then you buy crypto with your dollars. And then maybe you want to uh, sell your crypto back into dollars and take it back to your bank. So it's an on-ramp and an off-ramp and a place to buy and sell crypto, Bitcoin, Ethereum, you know, uh, maybe a few hundred different types of cryptocurrencies. Mm -hmm. And it's a centralized exchange. And that's an important feature, meaning that there is a person or a group of people who control the exchange and they can be impacted um, or controlled by government regulation if the government chooses to do so. And mm. so these are centralized exchanges, and FTX is uh, one of the biggest in the world. Okay. So the opposite of that, obviously, is the, the decentralized exchange. exchange. And right. what's the difference? The decentralized exchange is, is managed or controlled by a piece of software or code. Um, and so nobody has control over that once it's established. Basically, you're taking your trust away from an individual and you're trusting something, which is a piece of code. And that is typically open sourced, means anybody can read the computer code and know what it's going to do. And that's what, that's what makes Bitcoin mm -hmm. so good. That's right. <laughs> to really dumb it down. Yeah. That's why Bitcoin is good, because it can't be interfered with by humans. That's right. It's a computer... Yeah. code sort of yeah. so computers it's like this, it's like this protocol mm -hmm. and so you know when we went in the 70s we used to have what was called the gold standard and that's how our money was kind of managed and controlled and we moved to what we have today is is uh fiat currencies and we went from trusting something to someone so instead of trusting gold something we've now trusting someone which is the government or the central bank mm -hmm. and so what what uh, what Bitcoin is trying to do is move us back into trusting something, which is predictable, 
because it's a protocol or a piece of computer software that we can read rather than trusting someone. And we don't know what that someone is going to do. Governments, individuals, people get power hungry, they get screwed up, they do bad things, fraudulent things. Whereas uh, a, a protocol, we know what it's going to do because we can see exactly what it's going to do. Right. So FTX, um, it was it was a group of people running that, mm-hmm. sort of like a bank. Yeah. And there was a whole bunch of, I don't know what the, I'm trying to, What's a polite word to use? I was going to say... Keep it PG. I was keep right. <laughs> a nonsense. Bunch of, bunch of nonsense. Thank you. <laughs> a bunch of nonsense. What happened? What just happened over the last few weeks that's got everyone buzzing? Yeah, so there's kind of two actors in this scenario. One of them, his name is CZ, um, Cheng Peng Zhao. He's actually uh, grew up here in Vancouver, for your Vancouver listeners. He went to high school here and uh, went to university in McGill in, in Quebec. And he's, uh, he's Chinese and currently running his company back in China. And that's called Binance. And it's the world's largest crypto exchange, and it's centralized. The second actor we have, or the second person we have, is Sam Bankman-Fried. And he owns FTX. And he was kind of heralded as the golden child of crypto. He's 29 years old. He's worth $20 billion at that time um, and had built this really successful corporation. But he was really interesting and, and a little bit strange and unique. Um, you know, he would, he would do things or communicate in ways that would make, you, make him be perceived as maybe some type of genius of some type. Um, and and he, he, was, he was endearing and interesting and people really liked him. And he was kind of considered this, this guy who was just doing amazing things in crypto. And he often would meet with Congress and, and work with the American government. And, and sometimes he would show up, even to the meetings, dressed really funnily. If you want to show this, um, this here on the screen, um, he, you know, he would sometimes show up and he's like uh, in Congress here and his shoes aren't even tied properly. And this is actually a really famous picture of how his shoes were tied. And it kind of looks like he's wearing like his dad's suit, you know. And, and, and he said famously like, well, that's the way they came in the box. So that's the way I thought I was supposed to wear them. The shoelaces. Yeah. <laughs> this became a whole thing for a little while. And it was really funny. because, And he's kind of like, you know, and, and, and here's, here's another image. Like that's how he would sleep at work. You know, that's him there. He wow. would, he would, that's what he was like. And so if, and, you, if you're not watching the video version of this, um, he's basically like, uh, got some cushions on the floor and he's just sprawled out like he's like homeless. Just like a beanbag chair, like a, like you'd yeah. expect a computer nerd to sleep, but he's worth $20 billion. So he was really endearing and, and genius. And he built this, this exchange since 2019 and, um, and people trusted him and the exchange. And so uh, what happened between CZ and Sang Bankman Freed is that Sang Bankman Freed kind of made fun of CZ publicly um, on Twitter. And CZ, through a series of events, let the world know that he owns some half a billion dollars of shares in Sang Bankman Freed's company, in FTX. in FTX, and that he was going to sell it all. And when someone sells that much stuff, people panic because the value of it's going to go down. So people started pulling their money off of FTX. They started withdrawing it and putting it into their bank or moving it to other crypto exchanges to decentralize wallets and things like that. And that caused a run on the bank and panic. And it quickly became apparent within 48 hours that Sam Bankman-Fried and FTX actually didn't have enough money to pay everybody back. But he said he did. He said that he had it all in the bank and that all of that stuff that he owed people, he could just pay back when people withdrew it. But there was a, a hole of, a, of 8 or $10 billion. So, so what was happening to that money? What he was doing 
and this gets very complicated, he was kind of funneling it to other organizations or a, another organization which he owned and founded called Alameda uh, Research. And, um, and, and then they were investing that and they were losing huge amounts of money. This here, uh, for those of you who are watching, um, this is a picture of, uh, of Caroline, and Caroline was the CEO of Alameda Research. And um, him, Sam Bingman-Fried and Caroline um, seemed to be in a relationship with each other. Um, these were two separate companies, and they were not supposed to be uh, working together. And uh, it seems like they were running some type of Ponzi scheme. Oh and God. and she and him had had lost billions of dollars, and they also did some crazy things, like like when they would file expenses in this in their companies. The way you would do it is through a group chat, and then someone would send an emoji, and that was like the approval of the expenses. They bought like 120 million dollars of real estate in Bahamas, some of which his parents ended up owning. Um, there, the ten of them lived together in in a penthouse in the Bahamas, and they all had a sexual relationship with each other. Sam, Caroline, and a few others. <laughs> Um, he, he recently bought the, the smallest bank in the United States in Washington state for double the value of it. It was worth 5 million. He paid $10 million. Just, there's just over, there's just dozens of strange fraudulent things that seem to have happened. And he's claiming it was all a mistake that he made a mistake. He didn't know that they were in debt that much. He didn't know that this was going to happen. He, he made a mistake. They had accounts were mislabeled, like all kinds of stuff like this. So it just kind of goes on and on. And the question is, is this failure or is this fraudulent? Mm. If it's failure, he screwed up and a, a million people have lost a lot of money. That's how many customers he had. If this is fraudulent, I mean, then he may go to jail. But there's, there's a twist. <laughs> there's a twist. Another one. He was financing the Democratic Party. Millions of dollars of donations. At the same time, he was petitioning the American government for crypto regulation. And he was working with some of the top people in the Securities Commission in the United States. And he had sponsored and been advertising in huge uh, print uh, newspapers, magazines, and people, pu publications and the government have been extremely soft in their approach to him. And it could be because he's been financially supporting these organizations aggressively. So you can read articles like in the New York Times and, and things like that, the Wall Street Journal, where they kind of say, oh, Sam Bingman Freed, he was trying to change the world, but he screwed up. Rather, mm. not, not Sam Bingman Freed was trying to change the world, and he's a fraud. That's right. not what they're saying. Right. So there's a big outcry. Why from, is this happening? From from people. From the consumers. Saying, why is this guy not being, yeah, yeah why is he, why are he not being labeled a fraud? Why is he not being charged? Like, why wow. is he not in jail? You know, wow. why are, you know all this kind of stuff. Because so, FTX, like you said, it was one of the most respected yeah. exchanges. It would be almost like if this happened at RBC. Exactly. People would be so shocked. That's right. Because you trusted it like yeah. an institution. It was like a, yeah. Yeah. And especially because um, uh, this was all kind of started through CZ kind of exposing that at the financial situation of FTX and Alameda Research was really bad. And once he said that, and then once he said he was going to sell all his shares, it just kind of, the house of cards collapsed it within 48 hours. It was unbelievable. And so we saw just huge amounts of money leaving the exchange and, and, uh, and, then, and then he couldn't pay it back. And, and so I know people that have lost tens of thousands or, or six figures that's locked up in that exchange and they can't get off because they're bankrupt. They can't oh pay it back. Oh my God. And these people are from all over the world. And um, I think I, have, I got a few grand on there. Don't tell my wife. 
You know, well, you know what's great about this podcast? Uh, Your wife doesn't listen to it. There, there you go. She hears my voice enough. <laughs> She's like, not again. Not these two jokers. <laughs> I won't tell her. So yeah, so we have this situation and what this has done is it's caused all cryptocurrencies to drop in price, including Bitcoin. Um, because of the, the confidence? Because of the confidence, the lack of trust, the questions of, is it going to get worse? Because what's happened is... SBF or Sam Bankman Fried has in, has has um, has said he was going to b- go buy out a bunch of crypto companies that were struggling, and he was going to prop them up, but now he can't because he's out of cash. Mm. So those companies are going bankrupt, and um, and a bunch of people invested their money in a bunch of big uh, hedge funds and investment banks have invest, in, invested their money into FTX, and they've took out loans to do that, and they have to pay back those loans. But now they can't because they've lost hundreds of millions or billions of dollars. So what starts to happen is over the months, you start to realize who's exposed. Mm. Have you ever heard of the expression, when the tide goes out, you see who's swimming naked? <laughs> no, I haven't. I'm not a pervert like you are. Yeah, it's a common, use, it's a common expression. I don't use that. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very common expression. Um, I've really never heard that before. It's because yeah, huh. you've never been in the ocean. Oh, yeah. Well... <laughs> He swims in the filth. We have spent like hundreds of hours. He swims at the beach out by together. science. He'll, he'll swim by science world. We have spent hundreds of hours at the beach together, and I've never once seen you seen you get wet. Well, because you you he'll run right through the foam. Jared doesn't <laughs> care. If you're in Vancouver listening, you know what I'm talking about. No, they don't know what you're talking about because they know it's clean. <laughs> Anyways, so you start to see. Okay, the tide is out, and now who's who's vulnerable? Who right. owes money? And now they and and there's lots mm. of organizations that can't pay it back, and they won't able be able to. So this causes confidence to be lost, and 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 billions of dollars will evaporate because of this. And so we don't know how bad it will get, and so consumers are really hesitant right now. I think a really important message is that centralization or centralized exchanges is not what crypto is about. This is not a crypto problem. Mm. This is a problem that the whole finance world has always had. And this is a problem that crypto is trying to address by decentralization, by using exchanges that are not controlled by an individual. Rather Mm. than trusting someone, we want to trust something. And all this is, is just regular finance or traditional finance, as we call it, just kind of being disguised as crypto. Because it's no different than any centralized finance, any bank, um, if you were to buy um, stocks on Robinhood or something else, it's, it's no different than that, unfortunately. I'm glad you said that because people who don't really know about the crypto world um, just hear about the FTX and people lost money and billions of dollars and scam. And yeah. they think, see, see, I knew that Bitcoin is a bunch of, yeah. you know. Nonsense. Uh, nonsense. <laughs> so that's, that's a really good point. So this is not truly what, what blockchain and crypto is about. That's right. This is a particular an exchange that was very popular yeah but it was run like a bank yeah and and it was uh centralized so so what you want to do is you want to always use a decentralized yes exchange yes and decentralized wallets where you can hold your crypto where you actually own the crypto where you and and that and this is getting complicated and and you and i are working on a course together so we can explain these types of things yeah um but it gets a little bit complicated but you always want to use maybe what's called a decentralized wallet or cold storage wallet um where where you actually hold your crypto and nobody can ever take it away from you mm. we hear uh, maybe during the trucker convoy people uh, donated bitcoin and um and the government seized it that's because they were using centralized exchanges ah i was wondering about that 
It's it, okay. if people had sent it from through through a decentralized um, exchange or through a wallet, the government wouldn't have been able to do anything about it because mm. your identity is not tied to that. But on a centralized exchange, you put in your ID, your address, your phone number, your photo. It's tied to you, mm-hmm. and that's how the the federal government was able to take that crypto away from those people and put them on a list, the bad guy list. Mm. If they would have done it properly through the true way of crypto, they the government would have never been able to do that. Gotcha. The whole message is, is that the effects of this or what has actually happened is not what crypto or blockchain technology is about or Bitcoin or whatever we want to call it. Um, uh, we call uh, we call this Web3 if we look at this kind of from a broad perspective. It's not what it's about. Um, and, but there are certain ways to avoid these types of things and to do this safely. Um, but it takes a bit of effort to learn that. And it's uh, it's not the simplest thing, which is why this is a topic that I'm passionate about teaching in. Mm. So next time one of us wants to jump into anything that's crypto, we just call you on your cell phone? Yeah. My phone number is... Six, six, <laughs> six, oh, four. I'm more of man. a 778 guy. <laughs> okay. okay. Well, good, good to know. Um, okay. That's good to know. Well, thanks for explaining that. You're welcome. Because, uh, you know, it, it, there's nothing worse than being at a holiday party and people start talking about, oh, that FTX thing and that Sam guy and they're making fun of his hair and you don't yeah. even know. Can't tie his shoes properly. You can't jump into the conversation because <laughs> you don't know what, what's even going on. <laughs> now you know. Okay. So if, if to, to wrap up that story, let's say we had to recap it in 20 seconds. Yeah. The moral of the story is there was a guy named Sam yeah. and a guy named CZ. CZ. And they had a falling out. Yeah. And then FTX was exposed as a scam. Yeah. And then everyone lost their money because it wasn't true crypto. It was sort of like just a regular financial bank. That's right. I think you nailed it. The Coles notes. I'm just trying to show you how good of a teacher you are. I didn't know what was going on. Now I know. Thanks to Jared Vaughn. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thanks, dude. I appreciate it. The time. Thank you. Cheers.